There's a drive. I think he did it. It's way back. Big hand Mac just did it again. Elijah McNamee with a magic moment. Here at the ballpark. Struck him out swinging and the dogs will head back to the College World Series. And welcome into Dogpile, presented by Mississippi Land Bank. Visit them online, mslandbank.com. Say it with me. Land Bank! As I've told you before, anything land-related, buying land to build a dream home. Maybe it's recreational property, you know, hunting land. Maybe it's a piece of property with a big lake on it. I don't know. Hey, it could be farmland, right? Big pieces of property for a big time reason, whatever it is, that's where you want to go. If you're in North Mississippi, check them out online, mslandbank.com. Mississippi Land Bank, been doing this for almost a hundred years. They have great people. I don't hesitate to tell you to call them. Any of the branch offices across North Mississippi, you'll be glad you did. It's the kind of people you want to do business with again, and appreciate their uh, support of the Dogpile podcast. So we're having a run of guests and information. We had media day on the most recent episode of the podcast. Of course, um, there was a lot of availability there, but you got Chris Lamonis and Foscue and Westberg on media day. Prior to that, some interviews with former players, Ross Mitchell and Jay Powell. And here today on dog pile, another interview with a former player, one of the big guys, former first baseman for Mississippi state on those 13, 14, 15 teams and, he was a big old uh, best friend, still is, of guys like Hunter Renfro and Adam Frazier. And anyway, Wes Ray, nobody will ever forget Big Wes over there at first base and that that base knock in the College World Series out in the gap in Omaha and some of those memories with Big Wes. And so really excited to catch up with him. Now it's early. Caught him in the car as he was headed out on a hunting trip. Surprise, surprise. Nobody's surprised by that. Uh, he he did say he doesn't hunt every day, and I think that's just because uh, the folks he works for and the family he didn't want him to think that he's working, he's hunting every day, right? <laughs> but we caught him on his way on a hunting trip, but he pulled over, gave us some time, just kind of looking ahead, looking back, but also looking ahead at this year and a few memories from Wes as well from his playing days. I think you're going to enjoy it. Here's that conversation with former Diamond Dog first baseman Wes Ray. Wes. Appreciate a little bit of time, uh, especially when when you're taking time out of a road trip to pull over and talk to me, man. I hope you're not sitting there in the rain, are you? I actually am, but I'm headed hunting, Matt, so you were pretty special. Let me just tell you something. (laughs) Color me like the least surprised person on the planet that you're headed on a hunting trip, like as we speak. Is that kind of like a daily occurrence for you? It's not. We just have we have a little place down here on the coast. Sometimes when the weather's good, I can get away after work or something, but. it is not a daily occurrence, so <laughs> no. I'm, I try to work as much as possible, but when the weather's good, it's hard not to go. Yeah. So so we, we kind of know that. Any of us who follow you on social media, we know about the, the hunting and the fishing and the outdoors and all that. But what else are you doing? Kind of how are you making a living now? Man, so I work in my family business now, Gulf Coast Business, business Furniture and Supply. My dad started the company 31 years ago now. And um, kind of took me on, handled the sales staff, and just out beating the bushes, trying to make a living and trying to grow the family business, you know, passing mm-hmm. it down to the next generation. So there's a lot of pride set in that. So 
I'm happy to I'm happy to do it for him. Trying to let, send the old man off into retirement, you know. <laughs> I hear you. So if, if you know you're on the coast, you're obviously from there. Uh, how often do you get to travel north and like come to Mississippi State? Come to you know football and baseball, particularly baseball. Do you get up here a lot? Uh, I wouldn't say a lot this year. Actually, I hope to get up there a little more. We actually just got a new um, a new hunting lease about an hour away. So during turkey season, I should be up there a pretty good bit, to be honest with you. But either way, though, I try to get up there as much as possible. You know, we're up there four or five times in the fall for football. And then any weekend that we're not chasing a wedding down, you know, I'm there mm-hmm. for the spring. So as much as possible, for sure. That's great. When you, Wes, um, you, you kind of look at the transition of the program right now. So so before we talk about, you know, the upcoming year, we're kind of looking back at what they did last year um, and, and losing so much. You know, that seems to be the conversation about the team right now. It's kind of like, you know, what they're losing. But th- those last couple of years, we go back and look at it. For you as a former player, as you watched Mangum and Small, what was it? like to kind of watch them accomplish that in the postseason and playing in Omaha? Man, it was it's awesome just because you knew how awesome it was. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. those are feelings that you just they never leave you. So getting to see somebody wearing Mississippi State uniform, getting to experience those same feelings that you know you felt, you know, is special. And you know, I, I really commend those guys because I feel like they wore that jersey with a lot of pride and they did it the right way. So I think everybody behind Mississippi State would agree with that, saying you know every single one of us was proud of what they did. But, um, you know, we say, you know, we lost a lot, though. I mean, those young guys got their feet wet early. And I kind of, mm-hmm. I mean, it kind of relates to our team and, the, you know, our signing class. You know, a lot of people played as freshmen, mm-hmm. and that really helps that junior year, which I know we got a lot of good juniors this year that I think that they're going to benefit from that, you know. Sure. You, um, so you're kind of touching on it there. You've been through that where you, you see these different transitions. You know, and you know what it's like to not only be a leader, but then be a young guy and see leaders. What do you think those players are going through right now in their first go around without Jake Mangum out there in center field? What do you think they're kind of going through? Oh, man. I mean, they watched him do it for four years. I mean, you know, whoever whoever's taking his, you know, leadership over from the outfield duties, I mean, watched him every day in drills, whether it be outfield drills specifically in the cage. I mean, when you got a guy like that, you know, you're pretty much in good hands with anybody that is within your organization or program, you know, until they leave. And you just hope that's, that stuff keeps, keeps getting passed down and passed down. Mm-hmm. I mean, I guess that's what you pray about as a coach, but <laughs> – you know, I mean, it kind of makes you feel good to know there were some guys like that that kind of still got their footprint on things there, you know? Yeah. How do you, how do you think they go about replacing that production at the top of the lineup? Matt, that's hard. I mean, a, a leadoff hitter is really important. It is, it is you know, and you feel like he was on base to start every single baseball game, you know? Mm-hmm. I mean, it's definitely no doubt going to be big shoes to fill, but, I mean, I think you pick up that production throughout the lineup, you know I mean? Like I said, I mean, that core of juniors with, you know, Westberg, Foscue, Tanner, Rowdy, all those guys, I mean, you know, I mean, I think that production that you're going to see out of them year two to year three, hopefully spreads out some of that production that, that you got out of Mang in the past four years, you know. But yeah. I think uh, I think that's a good core group to be able to spread it out and do it for you. 
You know, I was talking earlier today with Jay Powell, and I kind of chuckled because, you know, we spend five, ten minutes talking about Mangum and, you know, how you're going to miss him and all that. And then we go, but hold on a minute. It, you know, Ethan Small was the first rounder. Yeah, right. You know what I mean? And it's like, it's almost like, I mean, what do you think? You think it's because JT Ginn is there moving into that Friday night that we don't circle the loss of Ethan Small as much as we do the loss of Mangum? Uh, I mean, believe me, just because I didn't mention Ethan, that doesn't make him any less important. But I mean, I, get, I totally get the question. I don't, I mean, it, you know, that's a tough question for me because after Chris Stratton left, you know, Kendall Graydon was there through that 2013 run. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, if you remember correctly, I mean, we were pretty much Johnny Holstaff. You didn't know what Butch or, or Coach Cohen was going to do, you know, from the bullpen perspective or staff perspective. Mm-hmm. So when you got that stud ace on Friday night, you know, I mean, that's kind of like a W in your back pocket. I mean, a lot of guys won't admit that to you. But, you know, when you can go out there and win every Friday night, that's huge to go up 1-0 in almost every series so um i mean to kind of i guess to hit on what you're saying is you kind of got a guy you think can do that all over again we can we can make something happen saturday and sunday and piece something together you know yeah yeah what do you expect from jt this year Man, he's special. I mean, I think, you know, I, I mean, I, I really respect Coach Lamonis and what they did last year, kind of, you know, watching him. And he, I know he had a little couple bumps and bruises with some arm troubles and stuff like that, but it's really hard. Oh, it's really easy to run a freshman out there that's that's your stud and you want to highlight him and show what he can do. But, I mean, I kind of think they put the brakes on him correctly, and I think you're going to see a lot of, of him benefit from that greatly this year. So I'm excited to see what he can do. Sure. When you watched him last year, you know, he's you know one year removed from high school. And something Ross mentioned when we were talking about JT was his ability to slow the game down. You know, that was yeah, the, no doubt. the phrase that he used. What do you what do you what's your take on that? Yeah, it's just maturity, Matt. I mean, the guys that, that are great at it are just the special guys, you know. I mean, there's a handful of them. But, I mean, slowing the game down, maturity, I mean, it's just the moments never seem to never be too big for him, you know. And that's hard to do. I mean, that was something I struggled with as a freshman. You know, you hear about it and everybody says the game's faster, this, that, and the other. But, you know, you you never you can never really put that to the test until the lights come on. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't even know how a kid's going to react. He, I mean, I've seen several kids that just, you know, are absolute all-stars in the fall and practice. And then when the lights come on, something else has got to come on inside that brain to, to keep it going, you know. And mm-hmm. You've you got to be a special player to make that happen, and I think he's one of them. All right, let's hit pause for just a second and hear a word from our sponsor. Here on Dogpile Podcast, back with more after this. Every farmer understands their farm can't thrive without some good partners like sun, soil, and rain. And farmers in North Mississippi also rely on another important partner, Mississippi Land Bank. Because land and farm financing are Mississippi Land Bank's primary focus. We've grown alongside these farmers' crops for more than 100 years. We understand what a farmer needs, and we know the lay of the land in North Mississippi. And that's where I stand. Looking back at your time, Wes, and those teams, there's so much fun. You know, I, I the images are stuck in all of our heads. Um, the guy straddling the outfield fence in the celebration of Super Bulldog weekend, you know, catapulting Ross Mitchell out of the dugout in Omaha. <laughs> <laughs> 
Did, yeah. You know, as fans, we go back and we relive that stuff all the time. Do you do the same as a former player? No doubt, man. I mean, that you know, when you when you have a team that goes on a run like that, I mean, it just forms a special bond. I mean, even outside the baseball field, you know, that group of guys, we're still. I mean, it feels like we're still as close as we were that day. You know, keeping up through group text or whatever throughout mm-hmm. the day. Um, it's it's just special, you know. And I mean, that's that's why it's just so glad to see the tradition continue throughout this next generation of players. I mean, it's just. It's, it's something you can never take back, you know, and, and, you know, the weird situation that I'm in, I was a part of a really good team and some in a, in a really bad team. So, mm-hmm. you know, you remember that really good year a whole lot better than you remember <laughs> that really bad year. So, Yeah, and, you know, I've, what I've noticed, too, um, is the older you get, uh, fans at State are really nice in that they, they remember the good plays over time and they forget the bad ones. Uh, yep. You know they've done the same thing. <laughs> they've done the same thing with me. It's like uh, I, rem- right. I remember all the bad ones, right? You know those are the That's ones. Right. Forty years old, oh, yeah. I, I still wake up, you know, in a in a cold sweat at night about some of that stuff. But thankfully, state fans are that way. When you come back to a game and you kind of walk around Duty Noble and you're, you know, out in the outfield, um, how do they treat you? Oh man, I mean first class. I mean. I- I, you know, I have friends that, you know, we played with that I'll be at other football games with and see how they're greeted at their home fields, you know. And, I mean, it's almost like people don't know who they are because it's, they're, it's not as special and it's not as genuine and it's not as a small-town family-type mm-hmm. atmosphere, you know. So I've gotten experience that at other ball fields from other players who may have been friends of mine or what have you. But, I mean, it's just that small-town feel and community, Just it's just the same way every time. It's just first-class you know, I mean, let's, let's, I mean, I'm a big guy, Matt, so people, uh, they <laughs> notice me a little bit more than they do others just based on that alone. But I'm thankful for it, and, I mean, I look forward every time I get back to Starkville. So hopefully yeah. I'll see see some folks around this fall, this spring, some more. When you go to a place like Pittsburgh, you know, and, and hang out at PNC Park and watch your old teammate Frazier you know, running around the bases and hitting home runs and hang out in the clubhouse with him at a major league park. Do you guys have to, you know, uh, pick on him, remind him that he's, you know, still one of the guys, get his feet back down on, on, you know, flat earth. Do you have to remind him of that every now and then? (laughs) I don't think that's a problem with any of our guys, man. I mean, I mean, it's, it's crazy. You know, it really doesn't hit you until you walk into a big league park like that, you know, and I was, you know, you know, got to be able to see he and Renfro's opening day, you know, mm-hmm. first day in the big leagues. And I mean, you just, you know, you talk baseball so much, that's kind of where your relationship developed. And then it doesn't hit you until you walk in that big league park, man. I mean, it's just something special that, you know, I wish everyone could experience it. But, you know, I think those guys are taking it one day at a time and, and I'm enjoying following them for sure. Who is more of an outdoorsman, you or Hunter Renfro? Well, I think I think if he were home and not playing baseball and had the option, yeah. I think you would give it to him. But I think the circumstances just fall in my favor right now, which I'm totally taking advantage of. Yeah. So um, <laughs> he'll probably get me back in retirement, though. I got a pretty good feeling. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's another one of those lasting images is of him 
catching that possum by the tail in front of the donut <laughs> shop over there. You remember that? You know, that's a, that's a funny story, Matt. So um, when we got back from Virginia, that's when that happened after we won the Super Regional. Yeah. And um, so obviously he was just drafted by the Padres. And, you know, Coach Cohen's mind thinks a lot further ahead than our 21-year-old <laughs> minds did at the time. And uh, I'm pretty sure California is where PETA resides. And he, uh, he reminded us in about six hours that, uh, that would probably not be a good idea for their first-round draft picks um, for the Californians. Mm-hmm. So uh, we took it down pretty quick, but I think it circled back around. People still get a good laugh at it every now and then. So, yeah, yeah, man, just moments like that. I mean, that, I mean that's what the weird part. I mean, social media was just really getting kicked off then. So, I mean, you see – the things that we we did, I mean, it probably would have been a lot worse if it was as big as it was now. Sure. <laughs> it was a great moment. So, y'all yeah. may have taken it down, but it's still ingrained in all of our memories. because. <laughs> we, we really yeah, Cohen, Cohen didn't get on the horn quick enough to get it off fast enough. I think it, <laughs> I think it circled pretty quick. Yeah. Well, he gets an <laughs> E for effort, as they say. Uh, Wes, um, before I turn you loose, um, I want to go back to your – experience as a college player and you had a lot of big moments obviously playing on a big stage and you know and and driving one in the gap in omaha stuff like that but for you personally and, and i want you to be as totally honest with me as you can be what's the one moment the one play you made the one hit that really for you personally was the top moment what is that uh, it's definitely the go-ahead double in Omaha. I mean, that's that's one of those that you kind of every time you circle back and, you know, memories come up, that's one of those. You can remember the pitch. You remember where you hit it. Remember who was on base the time. I mean, it's just one of those that will never leave you. Um, so that's, you know, that's that's the one that always comes back to mind for me for sure. And that was a special time, man. Omaha is a special place. Yeah, it really was. You know, and again, I can close my eyes. I can see Renfro's line drive leaving left field. Yeah. And, you know, and him salute. I don't know who he was saluting, but he saluted somebody is between second and third, you know? Uh, that was just one of those deals. He practiced in the mirror. He probably knew he was going to hit a home run. He had it ready for everybody. Had it ready. <laughs> That's neat. Wes, uh, listen, it's great to catch up with you. And uh, I'm going to keep your number and bug you throughout the baseball season and catch up. Yeah, and man. Get a little analysis going throughout the year. Man, you call, text me anytime. Um, I think we actually made plans. So Starwell, you know, my wife, Starwell's a pretty important place for us. So we try to get up there as much as possible. I met her there. So I think we're going to do Valentine's and open a weekend there. So um, if you're around, holler at me. We'll get up and watch the game. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, look, I really appreciate it. Uh, travel safely. All right, Matt. Thanks, man. Shoot straight. All right. Thank All right. you. Bye. See you. Bye. All right, I hope you enjoyed that conversation with Big Wes, Wes Ray, who was an integral part of that 2013 team. Of course, 14-15, his final year at State was in 2015. And, you know, big-time player, kind of a larger-than-life figure over there on first base and made a bunch of plays and had a bunch of big hits during his career. Again, thanks for tuning in to podcast here presented by Mississippi Land Bank. Please do me a favor and tell them you heard about them. Here on Dogpile with me, I'm Matt Wyatt. And you can find them on Twitter, at MS Land Bank. It's just at MS Land Bank. So send them a tweet and tell them hello. 
And the next time you are in the need for land or just kind of thinking about it even, just hit them up, mslandbank.com. Call one of the branch offices or go by, and you'll be glad you did. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you on the next Dogpile. Hail State, see you.